0: This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. My message for you tonight is that you and I are destined for good works. And we know that works is something that has nothing to do with salvation. We know that our salvation is totally by grace, and I'm not diverging at all from that. Our salvation is by grace, but the necessary fruit of our salvation should be, of course, good works. And you know, I don't know where each individual person is coming from tonight, you know? You could be doing good works, you could be serving God, and you could be tired. You could be exhausted. You could be yourself, I don't know what God has for me to do. You could be in a trial, you could be in a storm, you could be in a difficulty, but I want to encourage you tonight that you are destined for good works. God has created something inside of you if you know Christ tonight. You're made for good works. It's not even something of our own ability. It's literally the the living Christ within us that causes us to walk in those good works. You could be hurting, broken. You could be offended. You could have been burnt out in ministry. You could be burnt out serving God. But I want to encourage you again tonight, if that's you, even people listening on the podcast or whatever, I just believe and the the word tells us that you are destined for good works. You can serve again and you can serve in wholeness. You can serve from a healthy place. Maybe before you've, you've served from a place that's maybe just not so healthy. Maybe your relationship with God wasn't where it needed to be, but you were stuck serving, 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 but you got burnt out. Maybe that's you tonight. I don't know, but I encourage you. There are good works for you to do and it's God's ability in you. You know, there's as well, there's those that might feel like a spare part and think, I'm useless. What good could I give to the kingdom? What good could I give to God? I'm worthless. But we're going to look at that tonight because you're not worthless. Mm. You've got something special. You've got something unique to give to God. Amen. Mm. Maybe it's time. Maybe for someone here, it's time. I just don't have the time. I want to do more for God. I want to serve God, but I just don't have the time. Well, I want to encourage you tonight. Make a little bit of time make a little bit of time and start serving. Because see, when we do something with our salvation, when we put our salvation, we put our faith to work and we begin serving God, our faith is then grown. James two talks about that, about how our works accompany and help our faith to develop and grow. They make our faith perfect, James talks about Look it up in James two this week. God desires healthy Christians walking in good works. And know what I say, healthy Christians, And note I say good works because I think Christians sometimes can serve and serve and serve. As I said a minute ago, they're not maybe coming from the healthiest place oftentimes. I think we've all been in that situation just where we're just getting tired, we're getting burnt out. And the other thing, of course, is that we can do works, but not good works. We want to make sure that the works we're doing and serving for God are good works. Turn with me to Ephesians 2 and 10. Let's actually read from verse 8, Ephesians 2, verse 8. Now, Paul here is writing to the church in Ephesus, and as Jason was saying there this morning, these letters are circular. They'll be sent around to various churches. And he's telling the um, Ephesians here For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So as I said earlier, right away here, Paul's making it very clear. When we talk about works here, we're not talking about salvation. Our salvation is based absolutely on grace. And that's something that I, I think most of us in here believe that tonight, or we, we know it. We know it in our minds. But how much do we really truly believe it on a day-to-day basis? Do we really Get up in the morning and realize that whatever I do for God or don't do for God, I'm still saved. I'm still accepted by God. Is that? Do we really, really believe that in the core of our being? Because I think that's what Paul's getting at here. And I think in context of the church in Ephesus, Paul was talking to a church that was about 60 years old at the time. He, he wrote, it, wrote this actually from imprisonment in Rome, about 60 AD. And he had also spent about two years with the church in Ephesus previously to that, so he knew... He knew the church in Ephesus well. (coughs) Paul here was talking to this church in Ephesus. And, and, you know, we see there in verse 11 and 12 and 13 that he was talking to a primarily Gentile audience. And I wonder, you know, whether, you know, these Gentiles before they came to know Christ, you know, they had to to, to worship this, this false god in the city of Ephesus that Pastor David's been talking about recently. And I wonder how many works that they had to do. I wonder about all the penance they had to pay to this God to please this God or to appease this God. And I wonder if 60 years into the church, I wonder if there's a little bit of thinking coming in there about works, about yes, we're saved, but maybe we need a bit of works as well to get saved. Maybe there's a bit of thinking coming in, but Paul knows this church well in Ephesus and maybe he's just wanted to clarify, no, I'm telling you it's by grace that you have been saved through faith. It's not of works. But what's amazing is he goes right on in verse 10, and let's look in our Bibles here at Ephesians 2 and 10 to say, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So he said that our salvation's not by works. Our salvation is by the grace of God, but works are the necessary fruit of it. Good works, that is. And my first point tonight is that we are his We are his workmanship. And if you want to walk in good works, if you want to serve God well, one of the key truths that you need to know is that you belong tonight. You belong to him. Before you've tried to do any works, no matter if you're even in a place tonight where you're in a place of sickness or illness or incapacitation, you may say, I'd love to serve God. Or "I, I, I was serving God for a while and now I'm unable to serve God. Well, you've got to know that you're accepted despite that. Even if you're in a place where you just cannot serve right now. Or you're tired, you're exhausted, you're worn out. I want you to know you belong. You're His workmanship. Amen. Amen. Earlier there in Ephesians, even Paul's covered in the previous chapter there, Ephesians 1 and 6. If you just want to flip one page back. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. You now there's your scripture reference for that. Colossians 1.22 Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. You belong tonight. You are his workmanship. You're his workmanship. You're valuable tonight. You're his masterpiece. The word workmanship in the Greek is poema. Sound familiar? That's where we get the word poem from in the English. Poema. you're his poem. You're his work of art. You're valuable tonight. Psalm 139, 13, for you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. You're his poem, you're his work of art tonight. You've gotta know that if you're gonna serve, if you're gonna work for God and serve, you have gotta know those two things for starters. You belong already, and you're his workmanship, you're valuable. For those listening tonight on the podcast or anyone here that doesn't know Christ, I want you to know that, that you're loved and that you're valuable. Every single person out there. Look at our fingerprints, look at our, our, our eyes, look at the uniqueness of our personalities. It's incredible. We're his workmanship. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus. Basically, we're made for this. We are made for this. We've been recreated. We've been made new on the inside. We're made to serve. We're made to do something with our faith. Amen? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Colossians 3 and 3 says that I have died and my life is hidden with Christ in God. The very life that we now live as believers is In Christ and in God. It's hidden in this incredible and mysterious place within us. Christ within us, the hope of our glory. This diamond here. This is just plastic, right? It's not real. (laughs) Tell you about this, this legend, the Sanse diamond. The Sanse diamond. Sanse was a French nobleman. And he sent the diamond by way of a messenger to Henry IV, King Henry IV of France. And the messenger was assassinated on his journey. And later they retrieved the body of the messenger and opened the body. And they found that the diamond was in the stomach of the faithful servant. And that's like us, we have the jewel of heaven within us. We have the treasure of heaven right within us. We carry something precious. And you know, we don't carry it on our person where robbers can come and steal and take. We carry something that nobody can take away from us. We carry that life of Christ within us. We're created in Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus for good works. What is this inside us for? Yeah, it's for relationship, it's for salvation. We go to heaven because when the Father sees us, he sees Jesus all over us and he lets us in. But it's for so much more than that. It's as Paul says here, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Good works. And you know, if this Christ, this living Christ is within us tonight, we need to work with that. We need to be in relationship with Jesus. Now, I know we're in relationship, but I mean on a daily basis, we need to nurture that relationship with the living Christ. We know that Christ lives within us. We've heard all this before. I'm not talking to, you know, people that don't know that. I know you know that. But we need to develop our personal devotion to Jesus. That's how we walk in good works, when we actually develop that Christ Jesus within us. Quoting Sidlow Baxter here, the first thing which makes a true Christian minister or missionary or evangelist or preacher or Sunday school teacher, or leader, or Christian worker of any kind is not learning, not eloquence, not wisdom, not organizing ability, not pleasing personality, not even a passion for souls, but a love passion for Jesus himself. Nothing, nothing, nothing can take the place of that. All else without that is like withered flowers. Think of mary and martha you know we know the story well you know martha was busy serving preparing doing i guess a good work and she was that was actually her idea to bring jesus to their house and she complained to jesus and said tell mary to help me prepare and of course what was mary doing mary was down at the feet of jesus she she broke a, a a flask of of costly perfume over the feet of Jesus. And it says in the scriptures that she listened to his words. Devotion, personal devotion to Jesus. What did Jesus say about Mary? He didn't tell Martha off, but he said Mary has chosen the best part. That's all. It's good to serve, but make sure that devotion comes first. That's the key thing. For good works, for good works. We're his workmanship, we're creating Christ Jesus for good works. What about these good works? What's all this about? We're called to serve. Let's look at Jesus as our example because he's the main example we should follow. If we want to think about serving, let's see what Jesus did. Turn with me to Matthew 20:28. 20, Matthew 20, verse 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Again, Sudlow Baxter here. The distinctive messages of the world's various religions and philosophies have been epitomized as follows. Now listen carefully to this. Greece said, be wise, know yourself. Rome said, be strong, acquit yourself. Confucianism says, be superior, correct yourself. Shintoism says, be loyal, suppress yourself. Buddhism says, be disillusioned, annihilate yourself. Hinduism says, be absorbed, merge yourself. Mohammedanism says, be submissive, yield yourself. Judaism says, be holy, conform yourself. Modern psychology says be confident, fulfill yourself. Modern materialism says be acquisitive, enjoy yourself. Modern communism says be collective, secure yourself. But in characteristic contrast to all of these, Christianity says be Christ-like, give yourself for others. Amen. Jesus went about doing good in Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Our attitude when it comes to serving is to be that of a servant. That's, that's the way Jesus came in. Sure he came in riding on a, on a donkey in the most humble way that any king of kings and lord of lords could possibly come into the city. Think of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. I mean, what an incredible act. I mean, they didn't expect that at all. I mean, I can't imagine what it was like for those disciples just when Jesus bent down and began to wash their feet. I mean, that's a very personal thing. I mean, imagine someone washing your feet. I mean, even even for starters, that's, that's quite a personal thing. But there was Jesus doing this very act to show forth the perfect example for him to show that he was a servant and not just this king of kings and that was it but that he was a humble servant but also that we are to follow that and we are to serve we are on this life, on this world to serve we're created in Christ Jesus to serve to do good works you are destined to good works no matter your situation you know, even in the smallest way if you think, well I'm just not able right now to do this or that or do what I want to do even in the smallest ways, God will show you, he'll give you small things to do. And to him, that's, that's a big thing. What about the widow's mite? You know, the, the little coin that she had, she put that, that little coin in the, in the offering, all, all that she had, but you know, it was accounted to be the, the greatest thing. So you have something to give, you're destined for good works tonight, amen. Spurgeon summarizes the works as follows. Works of obedience, works of love, works of faith, acts of common life. Stephen J. Cole says by works of obedience, he means obeying the commands of Scripture. Works of love include both love for God and love for our fellow man. Works of faith refer to all that we do in reliance upon God and his promises. By acts of common life, he meant whatever we do at home, at work, traveling, or on a sickbed, that we do all to the glory of God. In other words, the entire bent of our lives, after we have been saved by God's grace, should be lived with a Godward focus to please Him. So, when we're talking about good works, we're not just talking about what happens in church, or if you have a platform involvement in church life, or it's not just talking about that. It is literally what we do at work, at home, traveling, on a sick bed. It is these these good works encompass every aspect of our of our waking lives, really. And you, I'm, uh, You're called to do this. You're made to do this tonight. You're made to to walk in these good works. You know, there's two things that I have noticed in Scripture that are foundational to anything that we do for God. Any act of service, anything, any outward work that we do, there's two things that I see. Number one is love, God's love. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 3 says, If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Three things last forever, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Chapter 14, verse 1, which is just the next verse, actually. Let love be your highest goal. That's New Living Translation, in case you're wondering. Let love be your highest goal. And then in Mark 16 and 15, we see Jesus giving a command to preach the gospel. And that's clear, we know that. Any good work we do is underpinned by the message of the gospel, the love of God and the message of the gospel. What about Christ's last command before he went to be with the Father? In Matthew 28, verse 19... Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is what we are called to do. We're called to preach the gospel and make disciples. And I guarantee you that every single act of service that you either find yourself in now, and I encourage you to keep pressing on with it, you will find that it is an expression either of God's love, that it has the gospel in it somewhere, or that it's discipling people. Think of the Sunday school Sunday school teachers. What are they doing there? Well, they're loving the kids, for starters. They're, they're literally preaching the gospel to them, and they're discipling those little children. They're discipling them. They're doing the very, very commands that Jesus left for us to do. They're doing the, the good works of the kingdom that Jesus told us to do. And in so many different aspects of church life and, and, our, and our work out there in the world that we do, those three things, love and the gospel and discipleship, another way of putting it is that the good works are founded on God's love, they're forged by the gospel and they're firmed by discipleship, you know because it's no good loving people, telling them the gospel and then walking away. We have to be involved in loving, sharing the gospel, and then discipling the whole, the whole three. That's how people go and do and follow after our example. That's how we win people to Christ, and then we we see that multiplying. We give them the whole package. We don't just leave them halfway. Let's look again at Ephesians two and ten. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. God has planned and prepared all of these works, all these things that he has for you long ago. Jeremiah 1 and 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Psalm 139, 16. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God has prepared beforehand what he has for you to do. So what I'd say to you tonight is don't worry about the details. Do the things that I've already talked about tonight. Walk in love. Make sure that your message is centered on the gospel. And and go about discipling and encouraging people. God will work out the details. He will open the doors in his time, in his way. Even Paul on the Damascus road, when that light shone down and he heard the voice of Jesus, in Acts 22 and 10, look what it says. So I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, arise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. To the great Paul, when he, at this moment of conversion, had no idea what to do for God. But God spoke and said, I've appointed these things, go into Damascus, and I will show you. Quickly now moving on here. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We should walk in them. I mean, it's not automatic but we have a decision to make. Are we going to express everything that God has placed within us? Are we going to do something about it? And for those that aren't, say, you say, I am, I have been doing for years, and I'm growing weary. Well, don't grow weary while doing good. Keep doing it. In due season, you will reap a harvest. But we should walk in them. This is, this is the challenge tonight for those that are saying, yeah, I want to be doing more for God, and I should be doing more for God. We should walk in them. Notice one more thing about this. We, that we should walk in them. And look at the top of verse 10. For we are his workmanship. I wanted to keep this to the last. I'm going to be done in a couple of minutes here. I don't want to keep you too long tonight. For we, we are his workmanship. God made us for relationships. He made us for family. He made us the body of Christ tonight. Romans 12, 4, and 5. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. The church is a gathering that encourages unity and interdependence. It is not just about holding services. I think we can get fixed in our minds over a long period of time that... Church is about services, as long as I go to all the services and I I go to the the church services, I go to the prayer meeting, I go to the home group, and I go to all these services. But you know, the church of Jesus Christ, his body on earth is much more than that. Like the services are like the pillars. They're the main deal, they're the bread and butter, right? But there's a lot more to church life, uh, to the body of Christ on this earth, which is the church, which is you and I. And it's about unity unity only comes about through relationships when we build and establish healthy relationships one with another you know it's going to be no use coming in and out of those doors just coming to services we have to say here i am this is the church and it's my responsibility to build relationships with others why we need support We could give support, we need encouragement, we could be a source of encouragement, either way. Correction, wisdom, friendship, sharing of burdens, and confessing sins that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Confess your sins to one another. Church and we is about community. Good works flourish in community. You can go out there and do some good works completely on your own and just pop in and out of church. Come on to all the services, but I'm telling you, good works, real good works, works that last, works that are effective and that produce fruit, come about when you connect yourself in a a community setting, when you really build those relationships and you put time in. And it means being vulnerable, doesn't it? It means being vulnerable. But you know, that's the best place to be, just to be vulnerable, to be real, as people say, to be real with one another. This is what church is for. So let's, let's make that clear in our minds. Think of the world, the world's all about independence, my life, my career, my future, my choice, my stuff, my property, my money, my Facebook friends. It's all about me, it's all about my and I, but it's not about we. But the church, the body of Christ is about we, we are in this together, we are one big family. Ephesians four, one and four, and I'll just read it to you. Therefore I, a prisoner of, for the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. And then in verse 15, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Good works flourish in community. If you want to serve God and operate in good works, build relationships, make yourself, see yourself as part of the body of Christ where you've got something good to give. You you could be a help to someone else even. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That is what we're meant to look like. And I think when we look like that as the church, that's when the world starts taking notice. That's when they take notice and say that these, these people are the real deal. These people have have healthy relationships one with another. There's a, there's they support one another. They encourage one another. This is where we. This is how we shine our light. You know. This is how the light gets shone whenever they see. See us being a good example of of Christ, of everything that he's laid forth for us. This is where they're going to take notice, as I've already said here tonight. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus tonight. Amen. Amen. For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So this is what I tell you tonight. Go and walk in those good works. Those listening on podcast tonight or could be in different situations, whatever's going on, you're going through a trial a difficulty, you've been serving long, serving hard, and you're, you're exhausted, you're made special. You're made to serve God. You know what I say, keep pressing on. Build that devotional life with Jesus on the inside. Remember that jewel that's within and utilize that love Jesus and spend time basking in his love and you will go out and do the greatest works that we can do we want to be this advancing forward church i mean this is what Jesus is coming back for and we want to be part of this forward moving with momentum you know amen let's pray thank you lord for your word lord tonight Help it to go deep, Lord, into our spirits, Lord. Help it to change us, Lord. It's only your word, God, that can change us on the inside. Let this word go deep, Lord, into our lives. Let us take it into this week. Just take a moment just to determine where you stand on that. I'm not judging anyone tonight. I'm judging myself, but I'm not judging any of you. You take time yourself. Go before God and see where you're at with us. Just show us, Lord, where we're at with it, God. Show us what areas of adjustment we need to make, God. Thank you for your presence here tonight, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, your love, the way you've made us, Lord. You've done a great miracle within us. You've made us new creations in Christ. You prepared us for every good work. You know what you're doing with us. You know what you're doing. Let's not worry. Let's just cast all worry to the side tonight. Not worry about it. God will open the door. Remember, there's a door and you say, goodness, this is a terrible door. I want those doors shut. Well, God will shut the door in his time. God will shut that, that difficulty. He'll close that difficulty off. And he'll open good doors for you. Sir, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you hope in the future. We thank you for tonight. Just part us with your blessing, Lord, as well tonight, God. I pray we just come back safe and sound, Lord, next week, Lord, to to come into your presence again, Lord. To spend time in worship and to spend time again listening to your word. We thank you for this great privilege, Jesus. We worship you and we love you, Lord, for all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen.